If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 497. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to be back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Like my Facebook page and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Of course, find all the social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. Give me an email address while you're there. I'll give you a free ebook. Don't forget to enroll at McClanahan Academy free of charge. Get the free class, 10 Myths of American History. Also, you can support the show by buying a class at mclanahanacademy.com. My bestseller is The War for Southern Independence, but I have a lot of great classes there. My most recent is Originalist Papers Part 4, which, if you're on my email list, you're getting coupons with that. So head on over to that email list and get the emails with the coupons in them. You can also support the show by clicking on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Get a book plate, my autograph of one of my books. My most recent book is The Jeffersonian Tradition. Another great way to support the show by buying some books. Get your Brian McClanahan Show logo on some cool stuff. Click on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. And as always, share the podcast around on social media. Rate it wherever you get your podcasts. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. Now, I want to wrap up the week with a, an interesting article. And anybody that follows me on social media knows that I'm a baseball fan. I talk about baseball um, I, I love the sport. Now, of course, I don't like the direction that professional sports are going in, but I do love the game. And it's hard when you love a game and you want to watch the game and you just love the sport itself and you're tied into the corporate world and uh, what the corporations want to do and how they think they need to react to certain situations so they can make money or keep people in the stands, whatever it is. And I want to talk about this piece that a, a, one of my favorite radio talk show hosts wrote a couple of days ago. It's Damon Amendolora, who has the DA show on CBS Sports Radio. Now, he's out of New York. Uh, if you ever have watched Seinfeld, whenever you listen to the show, it's kind of like listening to Seinfeld. Damon Amendolora, who goes by DA, is Jerry Seinfeld and his... Not his co-host, but you know one of the guys on the show, Mraz, is George Costanza. I mean, there's no way around it. Mraz is George Costanza, and it's their stick. And I mean, they're funny, right? They're they're funny. But um, Amanda Laura is good. He has a very good talk show. He does a very good job with sports. He has good things to say, and he wrote this piece at uh, CBS Sports, or I guess Odyssey, which now is CBS Sports Radio, about. Baseball 30 years later. So if you don't know, a couple of days ago, last Thursday, well, it was a week ago now, uh, a week ago, uh, the Major League Baseball held a game at uh, the Field of Dreams loca- movie location. They built a whole new field in the middle of Iowa that held 8,000 fans, and they held a game between the White Sox and the Yankees. If you've ever seen the film, A Field of Dreams, um, it's a great film. One of my favorites from the late 80s. came out in 1989, so this is 30 years later. And it's about uh, a, a guy who builds a field in his cornfield, builds a baseball field, and it's all about family and, of course, reconnecting with the father and things you could have said or not said. And there's a lot of, of under 
tones to it besides baseball, but baseball was the unifying theme, and it was a purity of it, the purity of the game that brought people to it. And if you've ever seen the George Carlin skit where he compares baseball to football, I mean, it's, it's a marvelous explanation why baseball is so much better. Now, I love football, too. It's a great game, too. Baseball and football are great. Again, the corporate world has ruined both in many ways in terms of the political side of it. But the games themselves are fun. And uh, when you go out and you root for your team and you, you participate in the game and you like to have a catch or you know whatever it is, uh, that is um, that's, the, that's the allure of the game. And when Field of Dreams came out in 1989, if you think about it, the people that were a middle age at that point had grown up uh, during a period of time, you know, the the um, they were in their late forties or fifties. They were they were kids when you had in the in the nineteen fifties. You had some real stars. You had DiMaggio and Mantle and the Yankees, and you, of course you still had Robinson and you had Willie Mays. You had these guys playing in the late fifties and early sixties, and there was a period of time at that point. When you had, uh, you know, the baseball cards became popular, and that 1950s element was certainly evident in this field of dreams. Now they were, of course, talking about players that played decades before that. Shoeless Joe Jackson it was a great story. Ty Cobb, who's not in the movie, they mentioned him one time. He wanted to play, but they wouldn't let him. But you have all these players coming back from the dead ball era at the field of dreams. And so there was that. Of course, they didn't get into the 20s and the 30s with people like Ruth and, and Gehrig and others, but certainly you had that allure to it. It's the same thing with A League of Their Own when you had the character, the Tom Hanks character based on Jimmy Fox, who I remember my grandfather loved that loved him as a player, Double X, he called him. And you you had that certain that 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 nostalgia to it. And this is what I want to talk about with baseball in this piece because it's about how important that game was to our understanding of the game of baseball and what it means. Baseball is a local game. It really is a local game. It's not a, it, We call it the national pastime, but it's more of a local game. And for a long time, and this is what Field of Dreams got into, you had these local teams. You've got minor league baseball stadiums, parks, which I'm going to talk parks, all over the United States where you get two or 3,000 fans and you have a lot of hooky stuff they do to try to get people there. It's fun. It's a light atmosphere. And they have great names like the Montgomery Biscuits, uh, for example. I mean, you got these really odd names for these minor league teams. And it's fun. It's just fun. Minor league baseball is real Americana. You have, this, you have the teams all over the South, West, the North, the Midwest. I mean, they're all over the place in little towns all over America and mid-sized cities. You've got these minor league teams. And then for a long time, you had teams that were built out of, you know, factory. You had a factory team, and they might recruit out of that. A league of their own gets into that. You had the dairy team playing softball there. And so, you know, people, they're looking for these girls to play baseball, and they went to these softball, and they, oh, let's, let's get these girls to play. But it certainly is a local, it's a local game. It really means a lot. And the major league stadiums that were built at the turn of the century were built into the landscape. And if you think about what a baseball stadium is actually called, it's not a stadium, it's a park. It's a park in an urban environment. It's an oasis, a pastime. If you look at, say, Fenway Park 
the, the green monster is built there because there's a road behind it. So it had to be built that way so that it, it, the balls didn't go into the road, right? And they had to put the big net up. And of course, in Chicago at Wrigley Field, a field, right? A park or a field. You've got the, the townhomes behind it so they can watch. People, you know, put, they put stands up there eventually, but you can watch into the, into the, into the field. And they were built with, you know, kind of an, uh, this, this very um, uh, industrial, urban setting, but with the green grass and the ivy, it was a break from the monotony of the city. It was a place to slow down when the city became overwhelming. Because baseball is a game of pace. It's not a game of a clock. There's no 60 minutes. It's a game of pace. The clock doesn't run. There's no clock. The game can take five hours or it can take two hours. You buy a ticket to the game, and that game takes as long as the game takes. Now, they've, they've tweaked that a little bit because they thought, well, people don't want to watch these long extra inning games. Well, fans who are at the games, they don't mind. They're getting extra baseball for it. And so you go and you sit and you converse. It's a game of pace and conversation. When you go to a game, there's a lot of downtime. And you're there with friends even if you're not there with friends, the people around you, you start talking about the game. You start talking about the players, who these players are. You find out who, I mean, these are things you do. You converse. It's a way to pass the time. It's not hectic. There's action, then there's no action. The ball's put in play. There's a brief amount of action. Something happens, and it's over. And we, of course, Americans now have been conditioned so much to games that are constantly moving basketball, in football, there's pauses. So there's there's a pace to football too, but there's a clock. So there's that clock always pressing on you. Basketball, there's a clock, but it's always moving. Soccer, which is the most boring game ever created. Uh, there's there's a clock to it, sort of, because then you can go over the clock. And anyways, and but the ball's always moving around. Hockey, the puck is always moving. But baseball, there's a pace to it. It's as fast or as slow as the players want to make it. And you have foul balls to the game, and a bat can last 20 pitches. You don't know uh, how long that it could last one pitch or 20 pitches. You could have a pitcher pitch a whole game, nine innings, and, and on under 100 pitches. It's happened. It's called a Maddox. And, uh, I mean, that's amazing when they do it under 100 pitches. Uh, or you could have a pitcher that throws 100 pitches in three innings. I mean, that's happened too. So it really depends on, you know, on the pace of the players. That's why the game is so beautiful. I've been enthralled with baseball since I was a kid. I was never very good at it. I, I played, but I wasn't a great player. And, uh, but I've always loved the pace of the game and the smell of the game. And that's something they get in you. You smell the grass or the, the smell of the glove, the leather. Uh, the game has a great pace and imagery to it. Again, you're playing on a park. You're safe at home. These are things Carlin talks about, which is funny. But you're safe at home. That's the point, to be safe at home in the game. Safe. You're safe. You think about that and what that means. Instead of, you know, you're trying to score a touchdown by penetrating the end zone and you're on the gridiron and it's got a blitz and all these things and a sack. Football is a very violent, militaristic game. Baseball is a... It's a game of pace and conversation. So I want to talk about this piece by Damon Amendolora because he gets into some of that. He says, 30 years ago, baseball dominated the summer landscape. In the August 1991 issue of Sports Illustrated for Kids, Slugger Dale Strawberry posed next to a giant version 
of the fruit with the headline fresh as he played his first season for Los Angeles Dodgers. In SI that week, longtime baseball writer Tim Kirkjian marveled at the Wild Ale West race. His lead, there is only one way to follow this wacky pennant race in the American League West. Build a satellite dish the size of the kingdom, purchase a remote control unit, and click from game to game. Take your eye off this division, even for a day, and anything can happen. Baseball card mania gripped the nation, one of the apexes in the industry's history. And I remember this. I remember, I mean, baseball card prices were through the roof in the early 1990s, late 80s, early 1990s, and then, of course, collapsed very quickly thereafter. So you had people going out and standing in line for hours to buy sets of cards. And these cards now, if you were to look them up, I mean, they're worth nothing, really, uh, on, on the market. But at the time, it was a big deal. San Diego Padres star Tony Gwynn and Fred McGriff posed for the cover. The upstart Atlanta Braves were going from worst to first, making TBS a must-watched television channel every night. ESPN Sports Center led with Ken Griffey Jr., while the baseball star's video game hit was a hit on Nintendo. Nolan Ryan fired his absurd seventh no-hitter at the age of 44. 30 years ago, baseball ruled the summer. Again, all true. Baseball was a big deal. For me, as an Orioles fan, it was Cal Ripken's 1991 season. He was the MVP that year. And he was having a fantastic year. I mean, you just wanted to watch Cal hit because he was doing so well. Either the Orioles stunk, uh, but they were only a, a year away from moving to their new stadium, their new park, Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Again, built into the landscape of the city in an old urban, or urban industrial area, you know, old industrial area with a big warehouse behind it. And it was a park, Oriole Park. And they were going to go there the next year. And I remember in 1991 going to the last few games at Memorial Stadium, which was a multi-purpose stadium, football and baseball. And, of course, the Baltimore Colts played there. But I went in the last series, not the last game, the game before the last game. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, But it was certainly, you know, that was it. It was this big deal uh, for, you know, baseball. I'm sorry, Cal was was, uh, 1990, excuse me, the, the big year. But... Uh, it was such a such a big deal uh, to to watch the games and just be a part of that. I mean, it, it was fun. And again, baseball did rule at that point. The buzz and national relevance of Major League Baseball has worn, waned, I'm sorry, dramatically since then. Pennant races have been replaced with NFL training camp battles. Sports media is far more likely to cover NBA free agency. Kids play FIFA on Xbox and watch basketball trick shots on Instagram. Baseball has been elbowed out, which is why Thursday night's Field of, Dream, Field of Dreams game was so important. Now, why? Why has baseball been elbowed out? And I think it's because people are interested in all the time of distractions. They don't want pace anymore. They want instant. And watching that instant on your phone, all these things, that matters. That matters. Uh, and so you, you want to watch these crazy things in basketball and People are not interested in conversation anymore. We've become an antisocial society. So what does conversation matter? What does pace matter? And they want to watch it on TV. And baseball is a better game on the radio. If anybody's ever done that, they've, they've listened to a ball game on a radio compared to watching it on TV, there's no comparison. Listening to it on the radio is so much better. It is so much better. It's a radio game because you have to imagine the action. Football is not as good on the radio. Football is not as good being described on the radio. But baseball, baseball is a radio game. And it takes a certain amount of skill to describe the action in a way that people can get. And for me, 
when I was coming up, when I was growing up, it was John Miller who could. He was the radio voice of the Orioles. Now he's, of course, the San Francisco Giants, and then for a long time, Sunday Night Baseball. But he was in the Orioles radio network when I was listening, and you had other people like you know Chuck Thompson, and but uh, John Miller was so good at describing the action. Perfect. He was perfect at it on the radio, the round mound of sound, and I and I just loved it. And that was to me great. And of course, you know, you baseball is about the bit players, the the player that plays, you know, a few a couple of games a week, but yet has a big hit, gets a home run, and wins a game, or a big base hit when they need it, or the or the uh, pitcher that the journeyman pitcher that comes in and pitches a great game and puts you in a good position to win. It's that. It's the human element of baseball that makes it so fun. It's not about superstars. It's about working together. Now, you do have superstars in the game, and they're important, but it's the guy that's not the superstar that often makes the game. And that's the fun thing about baseball, too. It's the unheralded, the unknown that does it. When Major League Baseball announced this concept back in 2019, it felt artificial and hooky. The league was going to chase the nostalgia of uh-huh, a movie to draw attention. This would be like the NFL holding a game on a prison lawn for the longest yard buzz. On top of that, the contest wouldn't even take place on the original diamond from the film. Baseball would build a second field next door with outfield walls, a huge scoreboard, and thousands of seat in the s- seats in the stands, unlike the film. It seemed like a desperate stretch, an idea cooked up by some marketing firm whose employees assumed the Texas Rangers were named after a Chuck Norris television show. Baseball was trying to recreate a winner that hockey unearthed. The NHL had stumbled upon gold with its winter classic a dozen years ago. Hockey rarely captures the American public, especially during the regular season. But viewers love to watch players skate outside wearing winter beanies and blowing smoke just like they grew up doing on backyard ponds and outdoor rinks. The athletes embrace it as a wistful nod to their use, and the NHL had a breakthrough event. The winter classic matters. Hockey matters in those moments. And I agree. I mean, watching... An outdoor hockey mat, hockey game is pretty cool. And if you've never been to hockey, now, hockey, of course, is more of a northern sport. If you live in the south, not a whole lot of access to it. But hockey is fun to watch in person. It really is fun. Uh, Mike Mahari of the 10th Amendment Center still plays. He's in his 50. plays goalie. Uh, so he, he likes playing hockey, which is pretty fun. And uh, for years, my, my brother had tickets to the Washington Capitals rinkside. And I remember going with him a couple of times and you know, that's fun when you're up against the glass and the pace is fun. It's a fun game to watch on, in person. Hockey's a great game in person, as is baseball. Much better in person. Football, in a lot of ways, is better on television, but it's a television sport. Uh, so is, I mean, basketball can be fun in person too, but uh, football really is a television sport. Baseball was following this concept, although tweaking it certainly. Most kids don't grow up playing in the middle of cornfields, yet the backdrop was supposed to remind us of the Beautiful simplicity of the game. And that's true. And this is what attracted Field of Dreams. Who didn't want to build a baseball park in their backyard after you watched the movie? It was great. I mean, let's have a sand, I mean, the sand lot. You know, you have these little, you just have a little, we had it when I was growing up in a little open field. We'd play football and baseball out there and everything. You just go out and you just play. And it's it's not perfect, but it's fun. And you have, you set up a little line, anything over that's a home run and these kind of things. I mean, it's great. Much like the film was meant to tap into the timeless magic of baseball, the pandemic postponed the Field of Dreams game until this summer, so coming into this week, it was still hard to predict how this would come off on the screen. The answer turned out to be spectacularly. Social media can rarely agree on anything, but almost all circles applauded MLB's efforts. 
usually salty media members programmed to rip Rob, Rob Manfred and the owners for every decision, admitted it was great. When Joe Buck and John Smoltz waxed poetic over how special it felt to be there, it was believable. It certainly looked like it was. Baseball had suffered from a lack of truly meaningful athletes and events. Watching Tom Brady and LeBron James feels historically necessary. Their greatness is so overwhelming, they demand attention. Sadly, Mike Trout has never felt that way, even if statistically he is one of the greatest of all time. Steph Curry and Patrick Mahomes transcend their sport. Mookie Betts and Jacob deGrom do not. The 1991 World Series has been called the greatest of all time, a seven-game supernova between those up-and-coming Braves and Minnesota Twins. It garnered an average of 35 million viewers per game, peaking with an insane 50 million for the epic Game 7. And I remember that World Series. It was so good. So good to watch that. It was amazing. And of course, I remember rooting for the Braves. Nobody wanted to see the Twins win again, uh, you know, win another World Series. I hated the Twins. Still don't like the Twins. The Braves, I mean, just great. Uh, and, you know, seeing them get into the World Series and the way they did that year was great. I mean, it was just fun, right? Barry Bonds and his worm burner of a throw and the Sid Bream lumbering around to score. It was just fantastic. And, of course, Atlanta going nuts and then losing in, in just heartbreaking fashion. The last pre-pandemic World Series also went the distance, but in 2019, the Washington Nationals and Houston Astros averaged just 14 million viewers, topping out at 23 million for their Game 7. So half of the audience gone. 20, 30 years in a row to more than half the audience. Some of that has to do with the way televi televisions change. Cord cutting occurred and social media siphoned off fans. But part of the cause is baseball just feels less relevant these days. And why? Because Americans don't like pace anymore. They're not interested in that. That's why the Field of Dreams game was a victory for baseball. Even for just one night, you felt like you had to watch. What would the corn look like? How would home runs sail into the farm? What would a regular season game between two potential playoff teams feel like with just 8,000 seats available? It was beautiful. One of those perfect Midwestern summer nights with a soft purple sky. The New York Yankees and Chicago White Sox threw hard and smashed homers and looked like they had a blast doing it. An Aaron Judge moonsault sailing to thousands of rows of corn looked even cooler than you could have predicted. Thursday night, people watched. Friday morning, they talked about it. And that's the way it used to be. And the last part is important. They talked about it. it was, it's a game of conversation. If I could get anybody interested in a sport, it would be baseball because of the pace, because of what it means, and because of that purely American part of it. Because you're playing on a park. Because you feel the grass. Because you don't play in the rain. You go home in the rain. You don't play in the rain. You don't play in the snow. You don't play in those things. Now, when you're a kid, you do. I remember playing a game in the snow when I was in high school. That was no fun. Because you just had to play. But you don't play in those things, and it's green. It's, I mean, you just look at the green, and the parks are not uniform. They're different. And that's the beauty of it. You have a park in an urban environment. It's different. And there's a, there's a pause to it. And when you go during a day game, that's the one thing I wish they had done with this game. I play it during the day, not at night. You go into a day game, and you're in the sun, and it feels good. It's warm just feels good and you can catch a foul ball and you can do those things that make it fun and, and uh, I mean it really is a local thing it's a think locally act locally thing it's about pace and so I love this article from from DA I thought it was great 
and I just wanted to talk about it. something a little different on the show. I normally don't talk about sports. This is not a sports show, but there certainly is an element to it of the pace of life and the pause that you should always enjoy. We talk about politics and war and communists and socialists and uh, the woke culture and all these things, but at the end of the day, what can you do to protect you and yours and just enjoy life? And for many people, it's sports, it's a diversion. And baseball, just the purity of the game, is fun for that reason too. I'll see you next week on the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.